Okay, so you're very welcome, everybody, to the next episode of Paving the Way Home podcast. And again, we're absolutely thrilled to be joined today by Father Eunan MacDonald, uh, the provincial of the Irish uh, Salesians. And as you remember, we've been doing uh, a little series on prayer. The first one was What is Prayer? The second one it was Christian Meditation. Today, we're going talking a little bit about uh, praying with scripture uh, and Lexia Divina. But first of all, you're very welcome, Father Eunan. Thanks, Brian. Good to be back. Uh, th- thanks so much for giving us the time. Um, and before we begin, Father Union, uh, could, could I ask you to start with a prayer? Okay. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. May the soul of Mary be in each of us to magnify the Lord. And the spirit of Mary be in each of us to rejoice in God. We make our prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, Father Union. So um, as I was saying, we this is the third, uh, this is third episode of our series. We began with what is prayer. We moved on to Christian meditation. And today we're going talking a little bit about um Lexia Divina, uh, which, is, which, which is praying uh, with scripture. Um, but first of all, I'm going to begin with the very first question. Uh, what is the difference between meditating with scripture and, and meditation uh, in general on its own? Okay. If you recall from the previous uh, conversations that we've had, the starting point in meditation is the idea of trying to empty the mind of thoughts and try to go deeper, okay, so that so we're not controlled by our thoughts or our thinking in that regards. And therefore that we can be attentive to something. In Christian meditation, if you recall, I said the main difference is that we're not being attentive to something, but to someone, to the person of Jesus in particular for Christian meditation. And that's why the Word of God has a very special place in Christian meditation, because through the Holy Spirit, he brings to life that word. So therefore, the word of God becomes a word of life and a word for life for us, in that sense. And we'll see that more clearly whenever we look at the Lectio Divina. But any prayer with scripture, ultimately, is an encounter with the person. And that person is Jesus Christ. And that allows for the relationship, for the friendship to develop and grow between us. And if I say anything at all today, I want people to understand that this is the most significant thing about Christian prayer or Christian meditation. It's an encounter with the person of Jesus. And through that encounter, we are transformed. We've often heard um, the the phrase uh, being spoken that the scriptures are alive and active. Um, and I suppose that very much plays in here to the encounter with Jesus insofar as I can pick up a fictional book, uh, I can read it, um, but that's all it is. It's fiction. I know um, sometimes if you're any of the, uh, of the Paving the Way Home social media platforms and you'll see, um, you'll see comments coming in from people who may not necessarily be in uh, agreement with the Catholic Church and they'll say, oh, well, the gospel and all that, it's all fictional anyway. But 
what we believe as Christians or we believe as Catholics is that um, the gospel, the word of God is, is alive and active. And because of that, because it is alive and active, that's really where the encounter, that's why we can encounter uh, Jesus Christ in person uh, when we pray at scripture. That's very true. And again, the word of God, um, the word of God will only yield its secrets to us if we're open to the Holy Spirit. This is terribly important. When people say, you know, it's only fictional, the gospel, etc., etc., and when, like, for example, atheists say, well, we don't believe in God, we mustn't forget that atheism is a belief system. It's a choice not to believe in God. We make a choice. And God will never, ever be accessed by a scientific way or scientific manner because God will only come close to us if we're open in relationship to God. Like, if you take any human relationship, for example, I remember once with a group of young people, um, they were saying, oh, we're atheists, we don't believe in God, like this, you know, in, in school, because it's kind of cool, if you like, in that sense. And I said to them, do you realize when you say that, you're insulting me? And they said, what? I said, do you realize you're insulting Because you're saying to me, that the person who loves me most and who's my best friend doesn't exist. Do I say that about any of your friends? It's very true because uh, when, when, when I just think, when you think of that, it's, um, you know, sometimes we can, we can have God, we can compartmentalize God and have him towards, you know, the half an hour, an hour on a Sunday morning, um, but he has absolutely no effect uh, on the rest of our lives. Uh, and so, and, you know, I was very much like, uh, like that in my life years. And when you go down a path like that, okay, you go to mass every Sunday, but that's just about it. That's all I was doing for a long, long time in my life. And without doing that, I was, it was, it was more or less impossible to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. So when you, when I used to hear these things from people, particularly from my aunt, who's, um, uh, she's a religious sister over in England. Um, and when I used to hear these things, I was like, okay, this is maybe for someone who's a little bit away with the birds, who's, um, you know, who's, you know, who's seeing or, or, or experiencing a friend or something that's not there. I just could not get my mind about it. But when you actually, it's like that, when you're, when you, when you're in tune with the Holy Spirit and you really give this time for prayer, this whole new, this whole new, uh, this whole new life, this whole new uh, relationship, this whole new point of contact opens up and it is life changing. Absolutely. And again, I'd like to go back to the point. Sometimes people, people what people argue often about is an idea of God or the concept mm. of God. But mm. what we're talking about in Christianity is a personal God who enters into a relationship with us, who's created us out of love and wants us to experience that love. And that is the essence of prayer. And therefore, when we try to look at God from the outside in a scientific manner, we will never be able to access God because he's a person. It's the same with any friendship. If you try to study it from the outside, it won't make sense. It's not until you're actually in that friendship that you appreciate how transforming it actually is. So often I say, when it comes to the word of God, we can look at it in two ways. If you take, for example, a train journey and you have a girl and a boy 
they're very much in love and you're sitting opposite them and you're looking at them from the outside. That's one way of approaching scripture. Another way of approaching it is if you're the boy in that relationship and she's the girl and you're experiencing it from inside the love, then scripture is very different for you. Wow. That's, uh, that, 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 that's amazing because like, I know particularly from an Irish context, um, you know, like, and it's great. We very much grew up in a church and particularly my own home grew up in a, in, in a, in a faith that is very devotional and devotions are, are, are so, so important. But the one, the one thing trap maybe that I fell into personally was that the more I get into devotions and I, I'm not knocking devotions at all. Look in, in my own family, my own marriage and our own family, we pray the rosary every day. We pray divine mercy. Uh, these are so important to us, but we also have to be doing uh, prayer with scripture because the one thing I found is when it was only devotions, only vocal prayer, um, I was falling into the trap of constantly talking at God and not allowing that time and that space for God to speak back to me. Now, I know you made a very valid point in the last episode where you, where you said uh, vocal prayer, prayer is so important because vocal prayer is able to lead us into that point um, of meditative prayer. Uh, and, and that's so true. But for a lot of, for a lot of us, uh, and maybe here in Ireland, you know, the only time we really read the scriptures is maybe at that Sunday at mass, but for the rest of the week uh, and the rest of our, you know, the rest of our prayer throughout the week, it might not necessarily, it's a little bit alien to us maybe, and it, it, it might not necessarily play any part um, uh, in our prayer life. Um, how do you, how do you work around that? How do you go from, how do you go from, you know, from all this vocal prayer to, to being able to, to that point of, of stillness and silence to be able to, to listen to God? Because I know when you open this book for the first time, when you begin this form of prayer, you like after five minutes, you, you just want to get up and walk away because it's uh, like nothing is happening, so to speak. It's, uh, it, 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 it's very difficult to, to focus your mind. Um, good question. <laughs> I'm not really sure I have an answer for that question because it okay. depends on each individual, really, in that yeah, sense. Yeah, of course. But what I would say is that, once again, it's um, sometimes it's good to be in a group context as well, too. Sometimes when you're doing it on your own, it can be a bit difficult, mm. especially if you're starting out. Sometimes if you're within a group, the group support uh, can help you and that's why doing Lexi Divina in a group context can be very helpful or very useful in that regards. But what I would say too really is that um, in any relationship, if you're simply talking all the time, there comes a point where you're going to have to be silent to hear the other person. Do you know what I mean? Because it's a very one-way relationship if you're simply talking to someone all the time. And if you're in a relationship and that's happening, the other person will soon let you know. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's, I'm in this relationship as well. I, okay, I, I'm listening to you, but can you listen to me as well too? So there's something about, yeah, being able to be still, to listen uh, to, to God, to hear what God wants to say. And maybe the next year, Divina, when we look at that, will give us uh, a little method that may help us to move 
from the thinking more into the listening to God as we look at it later when I explain. That's fantastic because you mentioned there about the group context and the support. And I remember um, I referred to it in one of the previous episodes, but I'm going to go back to that uh, time, that marriage retreat in Kilbegan when um, you came and you know, it, it was just a, it was a retreat for a number of uh, Catholic married couples, uh, young couples, you came along and uh, led one of the days, and particularly uh, Lexi Davina. Lexi Davina was something um, that we wanted to get into, but a lot of the couples hadn't experienced it before. Um, and I remember coming towards the end, as I said before, you were asked, so how much time do we have? And I think you were thinking, is it an hour or two hours? And I was looking at my watch going, uh, about 15, 20 minutes. And you were like, what? <laughs> that it was, it was funny. But the one, thing was, the one thing was very interesting, though, was when we did get into it, we were all doing it as a group. So there was maybe, I can't remember, maybe there was, uh, oh, it was probably 12, 13 couples. So maybe 20, 26 people or so. Um, there and, and to do it in a group was some, that was something new but that was something it was quite extraordinary One of the things that I remember from that particular lecture to be, it has stayed with me do you remember the piece <laughs> that we were actually meditating on it was one of the gospel passages do you remember which one it was I remember very clearly Was it, um, was it the one of uh, uh, after the resurrection Jesus is on the beach and the, 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 the disciples are back in the boat was that the one though? No, no. The, okay. reason, the reason why I remember it was because of the group that were present. It was the stone which has been rejected by the builders has become oh, yeah. the key stone. And I discovered there was three or four architects. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> and I got these amazing insights from the people in the group in relation to, to that piece of scripture, within, which I'd never thought of before, which is very interesting because this is one of the things about scripture is that we all approach it from where we're at. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. So therefore, there was insights I could never have got without listening to the other members of that group in relation to this. And it really kind of struck me very forcefully in that regard. That's actually, that's a very, very valid point. And that's the, um, that's the beauty of, I actually know my, my brother, Kevin, uh, here he runs uh, uh, a prayer group for for young people here uh, in this parish, and they, they run it in in the house. Well, they did before the 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 COVID uh, restrictions came into place. But one thing that he he said he'd be, be preparing the gospel, a reflection of the gospel of the following Sunday, and the parish priest might come up beforehand and help them with it. Um, and he said, as they go around the room, and in a lot of cases, it was people, this might be young people in university, this was their very first time in any kind of a proper, this was formal prayer setting. And he said, as he was listening to the different uh, outlooks and a different, um, you know, what, what the contributions of each per person, he said he was absolutely blown away, even by people who may not have been practicing for years, and yet they, they would throw out a gym that they didn't even realize. But like that's the beauty of praying in a group that, um, you know, you, you might, you might, you might be praying for, you could be praying for a week in the same scripture yourself and you get, you could get gems out of it and God is really speaking to you. But then when you open up to two or more three people, they're coming from a different perspective, looking from a different angle. And all of a sudden they can, God can speak to you through them as well, which is absolutely beautiful. And that's how the Holy Spirit works as well too. And the Holy Spirit is key 
is essential to, to praying with scripture because it is the Holy Spirit that inspires the writing of scripture and it's the same spirit who therefore makes it become alive for us. It becomes new, it becomes fresh and it actually speaks to us personally. God addresses us personally in and through scripture. That's why in, Greek, in uh, the Greek Orthodox theology, for example, they always say that the Holy Spirit is God's theologian and the Holy Spirit is the Christian's inner teacher. We cannot learn without the Holy Spirit who teaches us. And indeed, St. Paul says, he says in, I think it's Corinthians, he says that no one has ever been able to know the secrets of God except the Holy Spirit. For it is the Spirit of God who scrutinizes everything, even the very depths of God. So if we want to come to know God, we cannot know God without the Holy Spirit. Just as you cannot see without light, the Holy Spirit is God's light, which enables us to see him in his word. That's, uh, that's, that's fascinating because that's the one thing about, you know, with the Holy Spirit revealing, the one thing about this form of prayer is going into it, you don't necessarily know what is going to come up um, because it's the Holy Spirit completely uh, leading you. Like, for example, at times, uh, you know, when I'm teaching my children, they're, the eldest is, is, uh, will be three in December. Uh, the next one is just over a year old and the next one is a, is a newborn. So particularly with the older two, uh, when you're teaching them to pray, um, you're, teaching, you're teaching them to pray kind of four things. I suppose at the moment it's intercessory prayer and that. And in some way, that prayer is so important as well. God asks us to do that prayer. But in some way, when, you're, when I'm praying like that, I'm leading the prayers and I'm kind of leading the direction it's going to go in. Um, whereas with this praying with scripture um, and Lexi Divina, as you enter it, you don't necessarily know what God's going to bring up. You do not know what direction it's going to go. And that's fascinating. That's being completely surrendering yourself to the Holy Spirit, surrendering yourself to God. Um, because I think you made a very, you made a very brilliant point in the last episode. I was one, maybe it was the first one where you were talking about, uh, praying at a piece of scripture going into a retreat and you were really looking forward to what was uh what the holy to what god was going to reveal to you but yet it didn't go as you had planned but obviously had gone as god has planned and that's the beauty i think of of particularly this type of prayer where you're there has to be almost a vulnerability a complete openness and god is going to lead you one way or or, or another and it could be a way that you may not like but he's doing it for a reason but it's a there's always a surprise in it. Excellent. That, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. Actually, I don't need to say anything more after you said that, but that is very <laughs> true. It is really true, especially the surprise element. When you have the surprise element, that's nearly guaranteed the Holy Spirit is at work there because the word of God comforts us when we're disturbed, but it disturbs us when we're too comfortable. And I'd like to give you an example, like even from my own experience of Lexio Divina in relation to what you're saying there. I remember I was teaching um, spirituality in All Hallows College a number of years ago, and Lexio Divina was one of the components of the course. So I decided it wasn't enough 
to be teaching it, I wanted to run a group on Lexio Divina as well too, so we'd have the experience of praying Lexio Divina. And I remember <clears throat> at that time, we were, one of, the, one of the days we were having the Lexio Divina, it was a Monday, and it was from Mark's Gospel, and it was the story in the Gospel where Jesus lowers the paralyzed, or the men can get up on the roof, they open the roof, they lower the paralyzed man to Jesus, you know. And we were praying with it. Now, at that time, at that time, in my own life, I was going through a bit of a difficulty in a friendship with someone. And I was feeling quite annoyed and quite angry, to be honest. It was kind of, a lot of things had happened. This was like the straw that broke the camel's back. So I, I phoned the person, but they couldn't meet me until Friday. So I did the lecture divina on the Monday, and I continued up until Friday. When I did it the first time, okay, I was praying that my friend would be lowered to Jesus through the roof. So I think he needed the prayer. But as I continued with the prayer, the word that struck me and that God kept bringing me back to was the word opening. And as the days unfolded, God was bringing my focus from my friend back to myself and was teaching me that I needed to be open to my friend, to hear his point of view first before I would respond to him. So when I actually did meet my friend on the Friday, I was in a very different space. And therefore, I allowed him to speak first. And it changed my understanding. And we didn't have the argument that I thought we were going to have in that regards. But what it taught me, what it taught me was that when we do Lectio Divina, when we pray with scripture, it's not us just reading the word of God. The word of God reads us and reveals the truth about ourselves to us. And therefore, our thinking and our feelings need to be evangelized by the word of God. And that's where the transformation takes place. That's fantastic because, you know, uh, as I was listening to there, it's more or less saying that, uh, you know, in, 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 in blunter terms, you can't fake it because, um, as you're saying, you know, you, you, can have the, you can have the outward look of being a person in prayer and peace, but what's going on the inside could be, you know, for example, sometimes you can, you can go into prayer, but you can, in your heart, you could, you could be full of, you know, fears or anger at a situation or or whatever but as you're going into this prayer with Lexio Divina I don't know a lot of times maybe these things can, can can block it as well but it's not as if you can ignore what's going on inside in your heart and that's what I mean by you can't fake it that by, by going into this the Holy Spirit is going to bring things to the surface things that you expected and you know is there but also what's beautiful about this is that the more you seem to pray with Lexio Divina a lot of the times there's things from little things, little good, maybe, and bad things from maybe your, from, from your past, could be from years ago, that the Holy Spirit is allowed, is, 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 is now bringing to the surface. Um, and things that you could not have remembered in your wildest dreams, uh, and that it could be going back to your childhood, but yet these are little things that the Holy Spirit, for, for God's own reason, brings to the surface. And, and, and that's something that I found with praying with, with, with Lexi Divina. I thought it was, it was absolutely fascinating in that way. 
Well, I would say also, and it goes back to one of the other questions you said about, you know, how do people approach scripture and be silent and they find that difficult? Why do mm. we find it difficult? Mm. One of the reasons why we find it difficult is because when we're silent, things begin to surface from a deeper place within us. Things that perhaps we had put behind us that we didn't want to look at. And as you rightly say, when it comes to prayer and God, you can't fake it. it you have to be real. And that's why if there's fear or anxiety or anger or whatever is going on inside of you, God already knows what's going on inside of you. But it's important for us to be able to invite him into it. But in meditation, at times, in meditation, we have to acknowledge that and invite him into it. But we have to go deeper than what we're thinking and what we're feeling. But sometimes it's hard to get past that. And we may have to just stay there and invite God into it. But if we can let go of the thoughts and the feelings and move to a deeper place, then we can begin to listen to God. But when you get quiet or silent, there's so much going on inside of your head. It's very hard for it to actually calm down and to kind of become silent. It takes time. If you're not used to it, it takes time and practice, really. And that's a very valid point because in some ways, as I was listening to you there, it's almost as if this form of prayer is countercultural in some ways. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we live in the society today that, it, that, you know, there's, it's as if in all our lives, there's not enough hours in the day. Everything is busy, busy, busy with technology, with everything is taking up our, is taking up our thoughts. Like even, even now I fall into that trap because by the time I get home from work, uh, have a dinner, you're playing with the kids, getting ready for bed, you're doing your prayers with them uh, and then paving the way home, which it takes up so much work every evening. And then, like you, you're by the time it comes, it's almost coming to midnight, and then you're doing your own prayers, doing my own prayers with my wife, and you're like, oh my gosh, you're getting like five, six hours sleep. You're like, where? I know that that that's a fault of mine. I need to rejig a few things, but you know, we're coming into as we're speaking now. We're at, we're at the very last uh, couple of days of September. We'll be coming into Advent soon, um, and then leading up to Christmas. And obviously, Christmas can be an absolutely hectic time every year uh, in all of our lives. Uh, and for, it's wonderful to have friends and, 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 and meeting up with people as well. But sometimes we can, we, we, we can miss out on, the, on exactly, understanding exactly what it's all about. But this silence, this stillness that's, re, that's required for, for prayer. Like last year, I began actually really entering into this type of prayer for Advent. It was almost like a, a, a promise I made to God. Uh, beforehand I said you know what I'm going to make an extra effort coming into this Christmas and I begin at Advent and by the time Christmas came it was a totally transformed Christmas in comparison to other years I was really able to enter into what it's all about by making that time making that uh, you know making that time and that stillness and silence for, for God in this particular form of prayer uh, and I began it at Advent and and uh, it led into Christmas and uh, it was absolutely transforming. Really, really was. Very true. And that brings me back to Advent. Like, I love this statue, to be honest, okay? Because I think it's very much an Advent statue of Mary waiting on the Word of God. 
So she waits and she ponders in her heart. And through the pondering and waiting on God's word, God's word then becomes flesh in her, in that sense. And that's the meaning of Christmas and the meaning of all of our lives, really, when the word of God can actually begin to take flesh in us. When we become another humanity for Jesus to live and to love again in and through us where the spirit transforms us through the word of God, who then enters into us. Because this is what Christian prayer or Christian meditation is about. It's not simply about thinking or feeling. It's about listening to God, entering into a relationship with God, so that we are transformed by that relationship. Any friendship you have affects you, it transforms you, it changes you. And this is eminently true of our relationship with God as well, too. This is why we need time and space to be present to God and to listen to God. Because when we're quiet or when we're silent, a lot of our desires begin to surface, a lot of our surface desires. But when you're silent and quiet, you begin to get in touch with your deeper desires. And when we get in touch with our deepest desires, we discover that is also God's desire for us. That's, that's fantastic because I remember when uh, Pope Benedict, just as uh, he was stepping down before Pope Francis was uh, elected the Holy Father, um, at the time, I, I never really got praying with scriptures, but yet... He made, a very, he made a point that uh, around that time, people saying, well, what are you going to do with yourself? Something like that in an interview. And he was like, what I'm really looking forward to, he said, is spending more time with the Psalms, praying with the scriptures, praying with the Psalms. And I was thinking, really? Uh, and, that, and, and yet, uh, I just didn't, and now, now that I was, uh, after getting into it, I get it. Uh, particularly, like, I know ye priests every day, ye pray the divine office, which is literally the, it's the Psalms. It's, it's, it's going through all the, all the Psalms with a little bit uh, of further scripture uh, put, in, um, put in. But yet, I get it because I think what he was saying was like his, his life, of course, his holy father, he was always, always praying, but he really wanted to do the church service by doing this form of prayer and really listening to, to God and really delving into scriptures. And that's something that always, whenever I hear of Lexi Divina, that's something that, um, that, that always uh, comes out to my mind, actually, is uh, with, with Pope Benedict. To be honest, uh, that reminds me of, I have the catechism, okay? Oh, very good. Uh, number 1177 of the catechism, okay, which is talking about the sacramental economy, or the sacraments, it talks about the prayer of the church, which is the readings and the psalms that we say a morning prayer and an evening prayer. But it also talks about the psalms and the readings in the Eucharist as well too, where the word of God is present. So we're constantly being addressed by God in and through his word. Sometimes people say that God is very silent, but if you find God is silent, why don't you give him a chance to speak to you? And he speaks to you through his word in scripture. Okay. So sometimes I find, you know, when I'm trying to be silent to God and nothing's happening, I will take up the scripture and read it until something strikes me. 
that God is trying to address me or say to me. And that's why it says in this number 1177, it says that the liturgy of the hours reveal more deeply the meaning of the mystery being celebrated. They assist us in understanding the Psalms and prepare us for silent prayer. The Lexu Divina, where the word of God is so read and meditated that it becomes prayer, is thus rooted in the liturgical celebrations. And what I want to emphasize there is that phrase that the Lexu Divina, where the word of God is so read and meditated that it becomes prayer. See, Lexu Divina is not simply reading scripture. It's reading scripture, meditating on it, so it becomes prayer, a conversation, a dialogue with God. Now, <laughs> this might be a trick question because I don't know too much in it uh, myself, but obviously you have the... Um, one of the, the documents from the from the Second Vatican Council was De Verbum, uh, which right. in Latin is the is is the Word of God, and that very much from from uh, what I remember uh, reading and studying and that like that very much as well. Even going going back then is very much uh, promoting uh, and and uh, asking people to to use this form of prayer, to use Lexio Divina, to enter into this form of prayer. I don't I, know if you know much about De Verbum. Actually, in De Verbum number 12, if I remember oh, wow. correctly, it says, in scripture, God speaks to people in human form. Wow. Let us remember that the scriptures are written by human beings, but it's inspired by the spirit of God. So therefore, we do need to do a little bit of kind of research on the scriptures, which is why commentaries are important because they're written at a different time, in a different language, in a different age. So we approach them from where we're at, but our culture, our way of life is so different to the period of when they were written that sometimes we misunderstand scripture as well. So therefore, it's important for us to have some knowledge of scripture you know, to do a bit of study, a bit of learning about the scripture as well too, not to approach it in a fundamentalist way. But at the same time, no matter how much you study scripture, okay, its real meaning will not be revealed to you unless you're open to the Holy Spirit. And then there's a new insight given to you personally and you're addressed through it. But God speaks to you personally and addresses you personally. Yeah, that's fascinating because... Uh, that kind of uh, that kind of more or less answers what my next question was going to be, but I was going to say that in some way you you need to know the kind of the context. For example, when Jesus asked Peter to let down his net, uh, and he brought in a massive catch uh, the first time, um, there was something I, I, I was reading recently. I actually think Father Patrick Cattle might have mentioned in one of his daily homilies as well was that um, any fisherman will tell you that that particular time of the day or evening or whatever it was is it's it is unheard of to catch any kind of a fish now maybe you need to know more about fishing than the context of the of the scripture but it was you know that was something when i heard that 
And when I heard that, and that was something I learned, and that now completely changed how I was reading this piece of scripture. I was taking it into the, I, 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 was, I was looking at the context and seeing, and, and that's the one, that's the beauty about, you know, sometimes we can take a very, very small piece of scripture um, and there might not be much in it at all. And only be a few lines and you're like, well, what am I going to do with this? But yet there's always something hidden. There's always a hidden, there's always a, a hidden gem. And by staying with it, God is going to reveal something uh, we're going to reveal something to you uh, about you personally, about your life, or what he wants to say to you. Can you can you imagine if you were Peter, and Jesus is telling you this, and you know all this, would you let down the nets? Like, he's a carpenter, I'm a fisherman. Like, what does he know about fishing? And yet Peter lets down the nets. So there's something key there as well, too. There's something around humility. Yeah. Humility and surrender to yeah. God terribly important. Uh, what I find very interesting is <clears throat> when you approach scripture, as I said before, the only way of allowing it to reveal its riches to us is through humility. And St. Augustine discovered that because before his conversion, he was comparing scriptures to Cicero. And he thought the scriptures were very inferior literature to Cicero. But he said it was only when he was converted and when he had to bow his head and enter into the cave of scripture, that it began to reveal its riches to him. You have to bow your head before scripture in adoration and in reverence and in humility. And bow your head and enter into scripture. Then it reveals its riches. That also reminds me of a very funny um, anecdote that John Waters told once about his own conversion. So I'm not saying anything that he didn't say in public in that sense, but it, yeah. it stayed with me and it was very fascinating because it was a bit like St. Augustine. He said that he felt like when he was you know, on, the, on the cusp of converting, he felt that you know, God wanted him to pray, but he says in his pride, he could not pray. So therefore he said, he threw a shoe onto the bed. So he went down to get the shoe. And since he was on the ground, he says, well, since I'm on my knees, I might as well pray now. <laughs> very good that's very good that's fantastic that's fantastic because that that's kind of that also um that also kind of brings up a point where you know and i know you actually did touch on this before is that there are times where there are times where we do not want to pray we do not feel like praying um but yet we're called to pray and it's actually in that form of prayer under those circumstances that's the times when god can do his most work once you surrender to that, yeah. So, and it's what you said earlier. Is in prayer, we don't do the leading. And that's why prayer is difficult for us. Because you cannot make it happen. See, that's... And like, as you say, we live in a world where we want to see results, where we want to be kind of efficient. We want to be driving things. You know, even our food is fast food. In prayer, there can't be fast food prayer. In prayer, we have to be vulnerable. We have to wait, to wait on the Lord, who is waiting on us. And Lexu Divina is one of the ways of helping us how to wait on the Lord. Before I explain to you kind of the format or the method of Lexu Divina, I think it's very important for us to remember that Lexu Divina, as we understand it now, 
became a method in the 12th century or so in monastic circles. But it was practiced before that, but not as a method. Because what Lexu Divina was, was that the monk would have been so familiar with scripture that he would have taken a phrase from scripture and stayed with that phrase all day. So when they were working, he would be thinking about it, whatever he was doing, he'd keep going back to the phrase all day. And some say they wouldn't move on from it until they received something from God. In relation to Lex Divina, therefore, what's important for us to remember is it's an attitude, not a method. It's not a method, it's an attitude. And the attitude is of someone who is seeking the beloved, someone who loves you. And the attitude is to allow yourself to be loved by God, as St. Elizabeth of the Trinity would say. We often think that prayer is something we're doing for God. But the reality of prayer is God wants us to receive his love. But we keep running away. We, want, we're, we don't stop. We don't wait on God to receive his love. We keep running. And it's very difficult to express your love to someone who's running all the time. That's why we need to slow down. We need to be present to God, who is always present to us. And that's a key. That's a key thing that you just said there. That you know, Alexia Divina, it's an attitude, attitude, uh, not a method. Because you know, even and sometimes, even when it comes to just mass, a Sunday mass, which is uh, you know our, our obligation, is that sometimes we 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 might go to tick the box to say, well, that's done now, um, and that. But yet, you know, it's it's it it all comes down to. It comes down to our attitude. It's not as if we're doing it to keep God happy and keep him off our backs now for the rest of the week till next Sunday. It's because we need to, he's asking us to come so that we can enter into this relationship because that's the whole purpose of our, of our being in this earth is to enter into friendship, enter into a, a, a relationship with God. So, um, so I think now you're going to explain to us the format and method of Lexi Divina. I will, but before I do that again, I just want to, it's very important what you were saying there. It's very important that we have a proper understanding of who God is. Okay. And sometimes in our prayer, okay, God breaks in and breaks through and reveals himself to us and challenges our narrow conception of God, our thoughts about God, and we encounter the living God. That's what Lexu Divina is about. It's about encountering God. And that's why I want to go back to St. Francis de Sales, whom I quote an awful lot, as you may, may have gathered at this stage. But Francis de Sales says that God is more a verb than a noun. Because God is giving. God is always giving. So if God is always giving, what does God want of us? Quite simply, he wants us to receive. When we pray, we put ourselves into the position or the disposition of receiving from God, like Mary. This is important for us to understand because it is God who always takes the initiative. When we pray, it's a response to what God is always doing, to the God who's already seeking us, who has loved us into being and who wants us to receive his love. 
first of all, you're forgiven with, the, with, with, with quoting uh, Francis de Sales. You're a solution, so we'll, we'll let you wait. But no, it's, uh, it's fascinating. He is, he, Francis de Sales is a, is a fascinating, uh, fascinating saint. Um, uh, and because uh, I actually, it was, this year was only, the, it was the first year where I began reading a lot of his, his works and uh, particularly when it comes to prayer. Uh, yeah, the, the, he, a fascinating saint. Um, so yeah, God, God is a verb is more of a verb than a noun because he's always giving. That's, that's key. That's key because, you know, when we begin, when we begin as, as young children uh, and we begin out in prayer and we can, you know, we begin to think that, you know, this angry, just God that's far away there in the clouds and you just to be good so as to avert his anger. Whereas, and for whatever reason, that's the, that, that, that can be portrayed in our mind as children. Um, but if we don't explore and we don't enter into a relationship with God, well, that's, that's the image of God that can stay right through us into our, adult, into our adulthood. And if that is what happens, well, we're losing out on something absolutely astounding, something absolutely beautiful, something into a, a relationship that uh, no other earthly relationship could ever compare to. Um, and that's the thing that God is always giving. God is, it's not that he wants us to obey him so that, you know, so we'll keep him happy for another week, but he wants to give, give, give. And I guess, you know, like when, when we see what happened on the cross, when he happened with, with uh, God giving his son, uh, giving his son's life so as to save us, it's a God that, that absolutely empties himself for us. Absolutely. And this is the, this is the Christian God. The Christian God is a God who makes himself vulnerable, who gives himself. The Father gives up the Son out of love for us. The Son gives up his life out of love for us on the cross. The mutual love of the Father and the Son is given to us then through the wounded side of Jesus, which is the Holy Spirit, is given to us. Jesus not only gives his life, but he gives his very self in the Eucharist to us to enter into communion with us. God is giving, giving, giving all of the time. And as you rightly say, human love is wonderful and it can be a sacrament of God's love. It can help us to understand what God's love is like. But human love is only a drop in the ocean compared to God's love, which is the ocean itself. And only God can love us from within. All the other love we experience, including human love, comes from outside. Only God can love us from within, because in him we live and move and have our being. Yeah, that's, I mean, and I, that, that was key. And that was a word that was coming up before was, you just said at the start of that, God is vulnerable. And when we were talking a while ago that in order to enter prayer, we need to be humble. We need to surrender. And I was thinking there also needs to be a vulnerability. We need to be vulnerable to, be, to allow God to, 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 to break down those barriers, those walls we might put up in our hearts to, for, for whatever reason, to allow God to, 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 to delve into whatever situation, to whatever is in there, uh, for him to him to heal us to love us to uh or for us to allow to uh, ourselves to receive his love um and to uh, 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 and to be able to follow god exactly and that's why praying with scripture over time 
allows that to take place. When we speak about praying with scripture, with Alexia Divina, for example, I was thinking, like, what's the best way of trying to explain this? And I was kind of torn between two ways of doing it. So I decided okay. I'd do both ways. Okay. okay. So I'll do one way first, which is a more general way. And the second way would be more kind of um, definite and precise, if that's okay with you. Always keep in mind, always keep in mind that, like anything, you have to know what is the goal. What is the goal that you hope to pursue that you're looking for? And in Christian prayer, praying with scripture, praying with Lexi Divina, the goal is always encounter with Christ. Yeah. So when we look at scripture, for example, I think, for me personally, the story of Mary Magdalene at the tomb at the time of the resurrection is an excellent way of understanding Lexi Divina. She's outside the tomb and Jesus is present, but she doesn't recognize him. And she's crying, she's weeping. Still weeping, she bends her head and she goes into the tomb. And then she comes back out again of the tomb and she's facing Jesus and she doesn't recognize him. And he says, why are you weeping? So what does he, what does he, what does he focus on? Okay, what's going on for you? What's going on inside of you? He doesn't ignore what's happening. So she talks about what is bothering her to him. And then he says to her, he says to her, Mary. And when she hears her name being addressed personally, then her eyes are opened and she recognizes him. In that, we have the whole journey of Lexio Divina, where we're trying to approach God, get near to God, hear God speaking to us. But what's going on inside of us quite often can be blocking us from being present to God. And it's when we hear ourselves being named, addressed personally by God, then our heart is woken up. And then we're at that position, which is the goal of Lexi Divina, to rest with the beloved in contemplation, to delight in the presence of God who is present to us. And the same thing happens in the Emmaus story. They're going in the opposite direction, away from Jerusalem. Jesus journeys with them away from Jerusalem, and he begins a conversation with them. And he says, well, what's the matter? They said, we had hoped. So they were disappointed. And their disappointment prevents them from being present to Jesus who's present with them. So they talk about why they're disappointed, and then Jesus takes them to the scripture. This is the Lectio Divina. So you take your human experience and you go back to scripture and you now look at your human experience in the light of scripture and it's transformed. And they say, oh, stay with us, remain with us. And then he breaks the bread in the Eucharist and they recognize him then. Then they see him. But they can't see him until they've dealt with what was going on inside of them and going back to scripture. And then it changes and transforms them. Then they are present to him. And they see that he's always been present, but they didn't recognize. You made a point as well in one of the last episodes about how by praying this way, I think it was you said it, or maybe it was in another conversation, I'm almost positive it was you, that praying in this way was, uh, you know, you will, you will see massive transformations, not just 
within you, but also around you. Exactly. I was saying, I think I was saying that sometimes we try to evaluate our prayer by what happens while we're praying. And sometimes nothing seems to be happening in prayer, but then you may discover that in your life, you've actually become much more patient, much easier to live with or whatever. Something has been changed in you through the prayer in that sense. And other people can recognize it more easily than maybe you recognize it yourself. But to go back to Trees of Avila, Trees of Avila said, prayer consists not in thinking much, but in loving much. And this type of prayer is to bring us into that relationship with God. The same thing as Francis de Sales would say is that we meditate in order to awaken love, but we contemplate when we love. So the goal, the goal of this prayer is to be in relationship and to enjoy God. God wants us to enjoy his presence, to delight in his love for us, in his presence. So when we look at the Lexu Divina in a more formal way, when we go back to, for example, I think it was the um, 12th or 13th century, there was a book written by um, Guigo II called The Ladder of Monks. Now in that, okay, in that book, he sets out four stages for the Lexu Divina format. The four stages are important. Another image that is used quite often by the monks is that of a cow chewing the cud. And I don't come from a farming background. I haven't a clue about farming, but apparently a cow has four stomachs and the, the cud goes through each of the four stomachs. And it's the same thing with Alexia Divina. You're chewing on the word of God and you're chewing on it over time over time. And the four steps, the four ladders, or the four stomachs, if you like, are called lexio, meditatio, oratio, contemplatio. Lexio is reading. Meditatio is meditating. Oratio is praying. And contemplatio is contemplation, contemplating. Now, to take those four steps. So the first stage with Lexio is reading the Word of God, becoming familiar with it, maybe getting a commentary to understand it better, reading with it, reading and going over it. And sometimes when you say it out loud in a group and other people hear it, it takes on a different, it takes a different meaning for you when you hear it being read or when you're reading it yourself. And something may strike you as you're reading it. Then you go into the meditatio, that's chewing on it. Some particular word or phrase strikes you and you stay with that. You ruminate on it. You, you keep going over it again and again. You may not know why it's appealing to you. Like my opening, for example, opening in the roof. I couldn't understand why was that appealing to me. But what it was telling me was I need to stay with this. And as I stayed with it, it made me realize I'm the one that needs to be open here to have the opening in this conversation. So what you find at the meditatio stage is that the word of God reads you. It's telling you something about your life. It's a personal word being addressed to you. Then we move into the next stage, which is the oratio, the prayer. But this is not prayer as we normally understand it, because as you said, when we pray, we normally have our agenda 
we know what we want to pray about. In Lectio Divina, at this point, having read the word, having meditated on the word, which is now planted in our heart by God, that word, therefore, then, through the Holy Spirit, is asking us to pray to God what God wants us to pray for. It's not our agenda. So, therefore, it could be a prayer of contrition. I could be sorry about something, or repentance. It could be a prayer of praise or thanksgiving to God. It could be a prayer of intercession. You don't know what it's going to be, but having read the word, meditated on the word, it now is speaking to your heart so that God's word becomes your prayer to God. The prayer of his heart is then given to God through the Holy Spirit. And then when we pray to God, the next stage is there's no words. We remain in silence so that we can enter into communion with God. And this stage is very important because it may not happen. Okay, it may take time. Okay, but if it happens earlier, for example, it could happen in the Lexio, for example, or the Meditatio, that so suddenly you want to be quiet because you're aware of God's presence. You want to enter into present, to God's presence, to be attentive to his presence. Then you go with that. You don't follow the steps because the goal, remember, is contemplating God, entering into a relationship with Christ. And the image for this, the image for this is that of Jesus at the Last Supper and John, the beloved disciple, resting on his heart, listening to the heartbeat of God. This is what happens at this stage of the prayer. In the silence, we're resting our head on God's heart and listening to his heartbeat, entering into communion with him. And therefore, prayer at this stage is to be understood as a hug. This is the real goal of prayer, to allow yourself to be hugged by God, to be held by God, to be loved by God. This is the encounter, the communion with God, that God who seeks us, we allow ourselves to respond and to be loved by him. That's, that's amazing. And like the one thing, like as you were talking about Lex Divina, as you're talking about this form of prayer, it is, it, it is, it is so appealing. I, I, I know even as you're listening to it, you're saying, that is what I want. That's the, that's the relationship I want from God. And I imagine a lot of the viewers um, would be thinking the same. But I think one of, and I know you, you, you referred to this briefly earlier on. One of the key things is that, you know, you can't rush it. You can't rush the stages. Because I think maybe, you know, some people starting out just for the first time after one, two, three days, even a week, they're like, well, I just don't get it. Nothing's happening. So I'm going to cast it aside. But the key is practice. It's like anything, practice, staying with it, but also not rushing through the stages, not allowing yourself to dictate the stages, but it's allow God to lead you to stages and allowing God to speak to you in his time, not in your time. I know you kind of referred to that already anyway. I think I learned from that experience of the Lectio Divina with you and the group with the married couples, because if I was back there now, I wouldn't have said it the way I said it, because I probably frightened you off when you said 20 minutes. And I said, well, at least you need at least an hour in that sense. What I would say is that <laughs> even if you took five or 10 minutes a day, I just simply read the piece of scripture and read it a few times and stay with it. Over time, 
over time, you gradually will enter into the movement, okay? As a word strikes you, or just read scripture until something strikes you, and then stay with it, put it down, and stay with that word or that phrase that strikes you, and keep going over it, and come back to it the following day, and the following day, until you see, what is God saying to me through this? What is he communicating to me personally? That's it, just practice 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 i know someone who spoke to me recently they were saying i really really want to get into this but i just i just need someone to show me i just know how to do it and you know they had listened to a lot of people speaking about it recently different talks and that but uh, at the point of saying is look we can listen to all the talks we want but there comes a point where you have to do it uh, and you can only do it you do it yourself you have to stick with it stick with it in uh, in in, uh, in 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 god's old time for the for the next podcast what are you hoping to, what direction are you hoping to go? Yeah, I'm thinking at the moment, what I'm thinking of doing is that since we've talked about praying with scripture, Lectio Divina, etc., I'm thinking of the possibility, the possibility of presenting a guided meditation based on scripture. So the format would be slightly different to the one that we've been having so far. We can begin as normal having our interaction or dialogue about prayer and scripture and meditation but then i was thinking of leading us into a specific guided meditation on scripture that might help people therefore you know who are who are beginning to pray with scripture it might help them they can return to the this idea of how to silence yourself how to enter into that deeper place and then how to move into the scriptural part of it that's a possibility, if that's okay with you. That's fantastic. That's fantastic because I know, uh, I know when we were talking earlier off camera, uh, just saying with Lexio, Lexio Divina, uh, that's something that is interactive. So people have to be, you almost have to be there with people in a room that uh, you're, you're responding uh, and that. So this one then is going to be slightly different to Lexio Divina um, only because we're, uh, it's just the two of us and we're, we're, we're obviously in separate places and that, that this is going to be guided meditation. Yes, exactly. That would be absolutely fantastic. That would be brilliant. Absolutely. That would be, be absolutely fantastic. Listen, uh, Father Union, I know you're an extremely busy man, so for giving us this time uh, for each of these episodes, we're so, so uh, grateful to you. So thanks, uh, thanks so much. And is, just before we finish, is there anything else you want to add? No, but I might finish with the prayer as we normally do. Yeah, yeah, of course. Excellent, okay. yeah. Okay. God, the Father, who is the giver of all good gifts, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you and we praise you for the gift of your son, Jesus, your word, your beloved son, whom you've given to us. And we thank and we praise you, God, our Father, and God, the beloved son, for the giving of the gift of your mutual love, the Holy Spirit, who has poured into our hearts. We praise you, we thank you, we adore you. All glory be to the Father, all glory be to the Son, all glory be to the Holy Spirit, the three in one. And may the blessing of Almighty God descend upon us and remain with us always, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thanks a million for you, Unan. You're welcome. <laughs>